0: Uh, if you wouldn't mind just introducing yourself, what you do, and your uh, previous position at BearCast when you're in the organization.
1: Yeah, for sure. I'm I'm Brandon Kisker. I currently work for uh, Make-A-Wish chapter out in California. It's got the longest name of any Make-A-Wish chapter, uh, but I work for Make-A-Wish Northeastern and Central California and Northern Nevada. And uh, when I was in BearCast, I was the general manager and I was the assistant sports director, uh, apart from having some on-air radio shows.
0: Wow. So you got a piece of everything while you spent your time there. Absolutely. Well, uh, could you tell me a little bit about how you got involved initially in the BearCast?
1: Yeah, sure. So I first started uh, my college career at the University of Buffalo, and I joined the radio club there. I'd always wanted to be a broadcaster in sports, in particular hockey, which uh, uh, as being from Buffalo, New York, it's kind of a law that you are a big hockey fan. So when I transferred back home to Cincinnati because my parents had grown, I grew up in Cincinnati and uh, I found out about uh, the radio station and want to continue to kind of push towards that that goal of of working in professional sports. And so. I joined the club. I started my own radio show soon thereafter with a friend of mine. We had a show called The Five Minute Major. It was specifically a talk hockey show. Um, and then we did some uh, some some fun things. I, I joined, obviously, the sports division. So the sports division, we did some play-by-play of a lot of different sports, but not necessarily hockey right away. Uh, in the end, I, I started doing more hockey and uh, the club team at the University of Cincinnati was a lot of fun and Uh, But but that was kind of my my first initial engagement there. And it was it was the coolest thing. I I loved being on the radio. I loved the broadcasting side of things and uh, being able to actually do play by play, which was a bit different than the University of Buffalo. Their radio station would not allow any new people to get on and do any play by play or um, color commentary on any sport. Uh, until you've served over a year and in Cincinnati I think my first game was a uh I shadowed a couple of the 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 veterans at a women's basketball game and it was I was hooked ever since and funny that those two ended up becoming some of my best collegiate friends and still to this day
0: uh are some some heavy friends of mine so yeah definitely um the whole sports and broadcasting division of BearCast is always, it's one of my favorite parts just because it sort of encapsulates the whole college experience. If you want that collegiate sport type uh, audience, it, that BearCast is kind of a place where uh, that can be cultivated. And I know our current director of sports is super into it basketball game broadcasting yeah it definitely takes a uh that definitely takes a lot of enthusiasm for that uh sort of mentality but can you think back to can you think back to uh any uh favorite memories of your time like specifically during the broadcast
1: oh yeah i mean i think for for me one of my one of my favorite memories of the sports side of things was with uh we i worked with a, a guy named Dwayne McDonald who uh should be a legend in bearcast in my opinion he is a legend he is um easily uh, and I, and you know i was fortunate enough to work in professional sports and be a broadcaster in professional sports for 6 years but no doubt in my mind Dwayne McDonald is the most talented broadcaster i've ever worked with uh met or uh been a part of any of his broadcasts before it doesn't matter if he's broadcasting baseball which is definitely a specialty or is uh or or hockey where he was kind of out of his element uh Dwayne's broadcasting was always so memorable so every game I got to do with him was uh super awesome and now he's won a a world series ring with the LA Dodgers uh last year so uh it's really fun to be able to look back on that time and think to myself about all the fun times that I got to have with him at the baseball field or at Fifth Third Arena or whatever they're calling it now I'm sure I don't know if it's Fifth Third Arena or not but uh, it was back in our day. It was Fifth Third Arena. Uh, so that was always... Uh, I mean, that's a big memory for me. Um, one of my all-time favorites, actually, and I hope Dr. Owens had, had talked about it, was um, Pauly Shore came in to uh, to BearCast one time, and he met Denny Daniel. And Denny Daniel, or the Boogaloo Shrimp, as he was uh, known as his alter ego, <laughs> is the epitome of radio. Like, he is... He is Bearcast to me. When I think of Bearcast, I, I even think of Denny before I think of anyone else. And um, boy, it was it was so fun when Polly came in, and the two of them were just kind of going tit for tat in the little insult department. And it was just it was just the funniest thing to see Polly Shore and, and Denny go at it there. But that was always fun. And, and actually, I think that same year we surprised Denny and. Uh, we gave him a, a lifetime achievement award in Bearcats, so uh, <laughs> that was that was cool for sure. A um, couple other memories that stick out to me are uh, well, the one that would get me in trouble if I didn't share that was uh, I was I was in uh, Intro to Media and uh, telling uh, as a general manager, I went to go and talk to the incoming freshman about all of the the different opportunities that exist. Uh, in within the e media division, and so I went and talked to everyone about Bearcast. and I ended up seeing a, a girl who had a band sticker on her computer, and it was a band that I had interviewed a year before. And at the time, Bearcast streaming was um uh, I'm gonna say this uh, as, as as politely as I can, but it was real shit. Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure anyone could ever hear or listen to us because it was more down. Uh, and never worked and up and so when I told I, I, I told her in the middle of the class that I had actually interviewed that band and she said I know I was listening well uh, I was shocked because uh, I didn't know anyone could listen to the station because at the time it was not working very well but um, I ended up uh, I ended up marrying her uh, six years later so uh, so I wow met her through Bearcast which is a, a big memory of mine as well so. And then one last memory that sticks out to me is one of my favorites is um, we did a oh man there's so many actually we did a beer a beer cast thing down at uh, Catskeller that was super fun that was a good time but the one that I'm thinking of we had a a, a large NFL draft preview show and it was a big giant production that we did with a, a bunch of different people and so uh, at the that was the year that Tim Tebow is coming out of Florida and uh, we each got a division that we had to draft for. And I drafted for my, uh, the, what is it? The East division so that I could draft as my Buffalo bills. And everyone gave me a lot of shit for it, but I drafted Tim Tebow in the first round and everyone said, there's no chance that he was going to go in the first round. And I'm pretty sure if you look back on history, we'll find that Tim Tebow went, in the first round, I don't care if he's not playing anymore and he's retired from baseball, but I'm pretty sure he was taking the first round. This guy called that about the wrong team. I said Bills would draft him, but, you know, we'd get Josh Allen years later. But, uh, you know, it was really fun to do that. But the, the moment that sticks out in my mind is that was also the time that we found out that uh, Dr. Owens wears a lot of Halloween costumes. And so uh, the gentleman who put that together uh, decided that in the video recap of this draft show, he would feature Doctor Johnny DJ John Owens uh, on uh, in his Elvis costume, and it's priceless. It's a memory that's been burned in my brain, and I'll never ever not picture Doctor Owens as
0: Elvis. So oh, I hope that was recorded in some way. We gotta frame that and put it on the in the Bearcast office for sure. Oh, it a hundred percent is. and
1: actually that was the moment he decided at that moment that he was going to take all of his halloween photos down
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean isn't that just like the beauty of sports broadcasting that when you're right it is recorded and proof in history you can always go back to it when stuff like that comes around yes but there's no debate
1: it bites you in the ass when you say something stupid as well so it's oh yeah <laughs> you can't have it both ways so you either say something stupid which i've said plenty of stupid things over the course of a broadcasting career and i've also said tim tebow is going to be drafted in the first
0: round which definitely happened so <laughs> that that just overshines everything you don't you don't gotta go back <laughs> to that <laughs> well yeah well i mean I did have in my notes that Morgan sent me that bit that obviously meeting your wife through BearCast is, has to be – it already answers my next question about, like, how has it impacted your life, BearCast in general. Um, but she did mention in here, and I want to see if it was true, did Dr. Owens officiate your guys' wedding? It is true. He did officiate yeah. our wedding.
1: Yeah. That's we, awesome. We were- we were looking for someone. Um, we're we're not super religious people, so we were looking for someone. My friends had all done every other friend's wedding, so we were just thinking about someone that was meaningful to us and, and something that kind of stood out, and someone that we knew could do a great job uh, and would enjoy something like that. And when we talked about um, a few a few people, uh, a couple professors at at school, it was just a it was a no brainer that Dr. Owens was the was the right choice for, for that. Um, not only because Dr. Owens is someone that, you know, became more than just a professor or teacher to me and to, to Rachel as well. We were both, um, you know, would go to him for advice and, you know, especially for sports, there's, I don't know if it's changed, but like e-media may have been the most unathletic major. I know I'm saying I'm a little fat now, but we used to be very unathletic and, uh, not very interested in sports. And, uh, it was only a handful of guys that you could talk to about sports. Most of them were into music and film and I'm into that too, but it just not always were interested in hearing about, you know, who is drafted in the first round of a NFL draft or the the score of the hockey game that no one cares about anyway. So, uh, so it was, it was kind of like, well, Dr. Owens was, was, was a professor. He was a mentor. He was a friend. He was, the person that started this club that you know i met my wife with so it was an easy choice and he did a fantastic job i i still we still have the the book that he did and he wrote and prepared all of his um all of his uh officiant duties and i have plenty of pictures if you guys need a a couple pictures or i actually probably have i probably even get video too so
0: i would be awesome I would, yeah i mean that sort of just goes to show the impact that, you know, one organization could have. It just sort of seemed like right out of college, that was uh, such a defining portion of your life. So that's awesome. Sure. Yeah. I mean,
1: we, we still, we actually, when we go back to Cincinnati and the last time I was on campus, we went back to the same classroom. It's uh are you, are you an e-media major, Robert? I am. Yeah. So it's the one that's like, i don't know if you had intro and me media in this one but it's like the one that's right down the stairs from that uh and it's right oh. next to the stairs the big kind of yeah, like classroom I
0: know, yeah I know,
1: that's yeah. it so i went and i we sat rachel at the same desk that uh she uh she was at when i when i first met her and singled her out in class and and uh so we we've gone back and and looked at stuff and and been able to reminisce a little bit about those memories which is cool but even without like even without life like. My thing was to get into sports broadcasting and you just have to get practice, right? Like that's the the key thing. I mean, the first couple broadcasts I did, I'm probably was, you know, real shit at it, but I have gotten better because I practice all the time. And without Bearcast, there's no chance that I would have gotten um an internship with the Tampa Bay Lightning. I mean, that was huge for wow. me to try and get that and um, I certainly wouldn't have been a professional broadcaster in the ECHL and the American Hockey League as well without Bearcast. So, you know, it it's more so than just personal life that it affected me. It affected my entire career path um and and really gave me the credibility I needed to try and get to a place where I could I could try and go after and achieve the dreams that I had. So that's awesome. And uh
0: you mentioned on top of that that uh on top of sports broadcasting, you were also the general manager. Could you just talk about some of the uh, sort of challenges or just roles that you'd have to fill in that position? Uh, going back, the biggest challenge we had, as mentioned before,
1: we had a bad streaming. We, we, we could not do any kind of streaming at the time. You know, now it seems stupid, like you probably don't even know remember life when streaming was kind of a problem. You mean you have Zoom, you mean, there's just so many different ways that people can go live with stuff now. It didn't exist back then. So we really had to that was my big get when I was the general manager with my team was that we decided that enough was enough. We were tired of, of playing radio, so to speak, because we were playing to an audience that could never hear us or could very rarely hear us. Um, to an audience that actually could hear and listen to us and see some of the stuff and um, make more of a change to become, I think, I think really when my year of general manager was not the year that BearCast media was like really kind of went into effect. Cause there was still at the time it was called UCast, which was the television studio um, separate from, from BearCast radio. But we had talked yeah. about that and we talked about how it was dumb that, there's no such thing as a radio station anymore. They're all multimedia. They, they have to worry about social media and video content. And we were doing some really cool, cool video content stuff with various things, whether it be that little NFL draft show, the beer cast episode that we did um, a bunch of like bands, even actually, I think um, before they became like super famous, uh, walk the moon came in and a couple of the Bear wow. cast people They filmed because they're from Cincinnati. So they uh, they filmed they filmed those guys doing stuff and we had these awesome video pieces and nothing to do with them and so it really made more sense to start that conversation. So you know I don't think my team can take credit at all for for you know Bearcast Media becoming a thing, but the groundwork started to get laid even before I was the general manager and it was just continued and a lot more of the students that were saying like this is dumb that these are two separate things. This really should be a conglomerate and it, it should be something that. If you're really focused and interested in doing more video side of things or written side of things or you're interested in a radio show, you can do all of that stuff in, in BearCast media. And I think it was really it was really a neat, neat start. But I think the one thing that, stuck, that still to this day sticks out to me as being a general manager, something that I always hold with me is I worked with a guy named JT Rooney, um, who's also, a, I think, a, an e-media legend, let alone a a BearCast one one of the smartest, most intelligent and talented people I I've known ever in my life. And um he was always one of those guys that when you worked with him and you had this great idea and you were like, so excited to share it with the team or everything, you know, y'all were coming in together and passionately talking about something. JT would be the guy that would go, well, hold on, pump the brakes. Have you thought about this? And at the time when your, your, your balloon gets popped, you're just like, are you shitting me? Like I just I had this great idea come in and just take that needle and just burst it. And I've kind of realized as I've gotten older and I've gotten wiser and fatter that JT is the type of person that JT is and JT was then is the type of person that you should always have around you because it's someone that can um make you see other perspectives. And I think uh you know, going even just to the 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 unrest that we had this past summer. Uh, I'm sure it was bad in Cincinnati. It was bad here in Sacramento. And um, I think it's important to listen to other people because we always want to think that our ideas and our thoughts and our opinions are the best. But someone like that, whether it's professionally, personally, culturally, whatever, I think JT was someone that really made me think about listening to other people and hearing other perspectives and devil's advocate sides of things. And other ways to approach things. And I think even to this day, I bring up and I talk about JT bursting my bubble all the time to my interns, to my, um, my, my direct reports, anyone that will listen to me uh, yammer on. And I say, you know, this is the type of people that you want to have around because they're not going to agree with you every single time you come up with an idea. But they're going to make your ideas better and they're going to make it more well-rounded. And I think that was something still to this day that as a general manager, you think, you know, I was never one to lead with like a heavy hand or anything like that. I'm much more of a team focused guy, but you'd get excited to do something. And then JT would come and say, well, Hey, have you thought about this? And you're like, no, I haven't. Damn it. Kind of thing. So that was what JT was. And I still appreciate him to this day for that.
0: Yeah. And To this day, Bearcats, it's a larger organization. And like you said, it is just a conglomerate of all different parts of campus. Like I know Dr. Owens mentioned even the founding members weren't even really media majors. They're like engineering majors. And we do to this day get people from all over school, all over UC, just with one shared interest of media in general, because like you said, radio was once its own thing and It was, everything was sort of apart from each other, but now it's all sort of coming together. And you do get those uh, uh, really diverse spreads of opinion. Like our our director's meetings just can go on with different, you know, spitballing ideas and those just turn into long conversations and debates on how we should run things in general. So it is pretty cool to get that whole spread of campus into one group
1: yeah, it's cool that yeah. it's cool that dr. owens, too and and um and even others that have uh, taken over when he was on sabbatical, like it's cool that it's a student run station that you all get to make impactful decisions on on the way things are run. And he gives you advice, and everyone gives you advice and and can gear you in the right side of things and, and the way you want to do things. But I think it's really important that it's a student run station and still always should be a student run station because it's an opportunity for. For us as students, when we're there to make to make mistakes, to make changes, to bring up our own ideas, and to uh, uh, you know obviously work towards improving the way that uh, the station can reach the rest of campus so
0: yeah, definitely. He is sort of just the shadow on the wall, uh sort of overseeing everything and maybe lending his voice here and there, but it is just us mate, sort of yeah. for the first time making larger, almost business type decisions. We're a significant organization. Um, For sure. Moving uh, fast forward, looking at where you are now, could you sort of give the rundown of what your current position is?
1: Yeah, sure. So uh, right now I work at Make-A-Wish, and I work in the marketing and communication side of things. Uh, But you know what? It's it's fun that my e-media skills and, and actually my BearCast skills have come to play a number of times, even being uh, you know away from the the microphone in sports. So um, I do a lot of design stuff. I do a lot of marketing stuff, social planning. You know, it, pretty much everything that you all would have to do. But um, one of the cool things that we get to be involved in with uh, with my team is that a lot of the wishes that our community here in the area gets to see and hear about and feel my team does. So I have planned and executed a number of different public wishes that have made news, that have transcended, you know, the entire nation. Um, you know, giving you a couple examples, I I planned a uh, a wish for a uh, a teenager who wanted to be a pop star. So we have an area here in town that um that's called Old Sacramento. It's kind of similar uh, in feel and vibe to um well, maybe it's really not. It's it's kind of got the the, the ancient like the historical references and historical look of uh, an old Western city. But it does. Okay. It's kind of a little bit close to over the Rhine. Like it's still kind of a cool place, but it's a little bit more touristy than over the Rhine. But um, so I got to go. We, we got to go there. We filmed the music video uh, that's that was there. And she was lip syncing a kid's box song. And it was wow. the most fun she had. I mean, she did, she got makeup and everything. And uh, she got to pose in a purple Jeep uh, or, or <laughs> not, not Jeep, purple Mercedes G-Wagon. And, uh, you know, just got the whole pop star experience and then got to go and debut her music, her finished music video uh, at the hospital that she gets treatment in. Like, that's cool to be able to plan something like that and to see someone who was, Relentlessly bullied for her condition and felt like there was no hope for her to be able to give her that experience and make her feel so special and so loved was so rewarding. And, you know, as much as you think, you know, my dreams were, of course, to be a broadcaster in the NHL. And, you know, one running down from that is not bad, but it really makes you think about your life when you're like, you know, I could be talking about sports right now, but instead, I get to take, you know, little Michaela and give her this pop star experience. And it's going to be a memory that she, her family will always remember, and she'll be always able to, to draw strength on. And uh, And even last year, actually, around, uh, it's almost a year ago to the day when we stopped working because of COVID, stopped, stopped doing any kind of public thing. And the very last public wish reveal we had before we shut down for COVID was a girl named Deirdre, a teenager, really. She was, she's 18. She's a little on the older side, but um, her wish was to have a MacBook Pro and um, video equipment. Of course, like I'm into that it because it's e-media. Like I, it's all the stuff that I like to play with still. And so we actually went over to her house and uh, I brought over my radio gear that I had. and I set up a radio gear under the guys that I was from the radio station. And because we did not want to have her in public, we sent the radio station to her and we recorded this radio interview that I did on behalf of a station up in uh, in Redding, California. And uh, we ended up surprising her there with an uh, inopportune doorbell uh, ring that all of her video gear and her laptop was there. And to be able to wow. not only do that and, and give her that wish, but also to be able to use the skills that I learned in BearCast and uh, in media and in the professional life uh, as a broadcaster before this, to be able to take all of those things and then be able to grant a wish was really cool and really special. So you know that's always one that will always live on for me. And Mikhail is my gal, so the pop star wish is, uh, you know, Chef's Kiss, that's awesome. But uh, you know, it's it's really just a fun a fun job to be able to do because you always know that you're making an impact, whether it means you're trying to help raise some money for, for more wishes to be granted. Or when we get back to normal, I can do a little bit more planning on some fun, fun wishes that we have.
0: I got you. Um, so expanding on that, looking back to the, when you sort of made that transition from broadcast into nonprofit, can you sort of talk about what gravitated you into it? Was it a specific event or something that sort of made you make that transition?
1: Yeah, this isn't probably going to be a super usable thing, but I, I, I actually had a really tough time with a boss uh, of mine that, that came in uh, who's no longer with the hockey team. I honestly think if, I, if he was never there, I may still be working in hockey, but obviously, you know, it's also kind of nice because I have a job right now and uh, hockey and sports in general is kind of one of those places that's been hit really hard by, by COVID. And, and uh, the team that I broadcast for, the Stockton Heat, currently are playing in Calgary. Uh, I don't have a Canadian passport, uh, nor okay. would my wife like me to marry a Canadian for a temporary passport or green card there. So, uh, there was no chance of me being able to broadcast had I, had I been there. So it may have worked out for the best that, that it, it happened. And, um, you know, you get to reevaluate things and you get to see how your career develops and you make tough decisions and you, you figure you know, when one o- one door opens or one door closes, another one does open, and uh this was one of those things that when I had the opportunity to work for Make a Wish, honestly, it was it was so special. It's something that we all everyone knows what Make a Wish is, what we do. Um, there there is that misconception that people think we just do wishes for for dying kids or terminal kids, but we actually uh, like seventy five percent of our kids live healthy lives afterwards. But they're impacted by like a really horrible disease, whether it's cancer or otherwise. So um, it's fun to be able to give those moments back to people. And when I had that opportunity presented to me to join the nonprofit side of things, it wasn't a question. But I've been able to utilize skills from the for-profit world and bring those to nonprofit. And, you know, should something ever change in the future? And I I guarantee you there are things from nonprofit that I can take to a for-profit and and you could benefit. And, you know, it's just really just gaining more experience. And that's that's really the kind of goal of all of college and, and BearCast and all of the clubs. You know, We always used to say that the e-media is a major, like you felt like a well-rounded, you got a little bit of everything and stuff like that. Or whether you were a comm student or a journalism student, you could still be a well-rounded student, but really your experience in college is what you make of it, right? So if you're, if you're doing stuff in BearCast because you enjoy it, it's something you wanna do or pursue as a hobby or a career, just, you got to do it. Right. So, um, that was, that's kind of, I think what's motivated me and pushed me along the times, uh, you know, whether it be going from college or, you know, an internship to professional broadcasting and then from that to the nonprofit world. So it was not been really one specific event that got me a wish, but, uh, I
0: certainly am lucky and fortunate to be where I'm at with it. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I I know lots of kids in e-media who seem to gravitate towards that path as well already. I mean, media in itself sort of has the potential for any advocacy you want, whether you go like a lot of kids go documentary or like you said, journalists, they want to just yeah. sort of use uh, this field to do better. So what do you, would you say you have any uh, advice for those kids who want to sort of follow your path into the nonprofit world? Um,
1: no, probably not. Not that. I probably have more advice for the kids that want to go into the sports world. That's, that's probably where my expertise goes. I stumbled into the nonprofit world. So it, it wasn't the, the super, I don't really have the greatest advice. I mean, in general, I think you pick out what you want to do and you have an idea of what you want to do more open minded you can be the better and the better your odds are um, but the one thing that i have noticed regardless i've 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 worked with so many young people and one thing that e media majors have over every other and and even maybe potentially even bare cast members in general that aren't e media members but they have skills in doing things whether that be filming editing uh, designing websites any of those things, because I can tell you the competition that's out there for, for you all and, and even for, for from, from people my age, if I had a dollar for every time someone said they didn't know how to open Photoshop or didn't know how to do it, didn't know how to edit things, how many times I've had to teach someone how to edit something in Premiere or, um, you know, explain to them, you know, what I'm doing with an audio clip or, you know, it, I, I would not be working right now and you wouldn't be talking to me because I'd be on a beach somewhere in Hawaii. Uh, with enough money to, to retire because they just don't exist. And I think you all need to take advantage of that in school, whether it be your classes in e-media, a minor in e-media, um, or or just getting more involved in the BearCast side of things, not just even the radio side, but the video side. The more you know about those things, the more marketable you're, marketable you're going to be because, in essence, the competition doesn't know any of this stuff. They're clueless. I mean, clues with a capital C. So, you all have a leg up because you're willing to do and learn those tools and those programs. And it might be a little bit different because you think about people your age or even younger, they're growing up with phones in their hands. You're growing up with YouTube channels and Twitch channels. Like the, the knowledge that's there for editing video is getting a little bit better, but you don't want to make sure you fall behind. You should know how to do some of these things because you never know. Where you might use those skills for. I definitely did not think I was going to be running a radio show granting a wish before. Never thought that was going to happen. But because of the skills I have in Bearcast and because of the skills I learned through the major, I was able to set everything up. I came up with the idea actually. I think they were panicked on what they were going to do for this live wish reveal that was going to happen a day later. And I said, oh no, don't worry. I have all the radio gear at my house. I'm just going to go up to her house and we'll film it and we'll have the radio show right there. I'll edit it. It'll sound really nice. I'll make it. I'll boost the audio up. It'll sound real clean. Uh, Professor Huenemann, I don't know if he's still there or not, but his uh, audio classes taught me well. So um, you never know what you're going to use. So that would be my general advice. But unfortunately, I'm not the best person to talk to about how you get into nonprofit. I'm much better probably to talk about the sports side of things.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, we we also have our fair share of those too. Um, our yeah. current, like I said, our current sports director is very passionate about and has a uh, following with him. So, yeah, that's awesome. Um, sort of went through the gist of what we were trying to get. Um, I'm just interested. Uh, you're in California now. Could you yeah. just describe the differences from you know, growing up and working in the Midwest and then sort of going. Uh, to the West Coast, because I know it, working in media by nature that a lot of kids are probably going to want to make their way West.
1: Yeah, for sure. I blame them. I, I mean, everyone in my, my years as well, they all, most of them, a lot of them ended up around the same, you know, in LA and, and down South. So um, it is, it's California is is awesome. I love, I don't ever foresee me moving away from California unless it's to Hawaii or to, maybe Munich uh, crossing fingers there, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I I love, I love the California here, but it was actually one of the things that stood out to me. I, when I was in school, I I wrote a profile on a, on an e-media alum who did audio design for video games. Um, And for the life of me, I can't remember what his name is. I'm trying to think of what it was, but um, if you, if you talk to, I bet you uh, Dr. Owens would know who I'm talking about. It used to be on the website. I don't know if it's still on there that now, but um, he told me uh, an important thing that I think rings true for anyone who wants to come out to California, which is people from the Midwest are viewed uh, to be friendlier. And I think that's true. And it's something that you can, you laugh. I know it's funny, but you can actually use that to your advantage uh, when it comes to networking, getting jobs, all that kind of shenanigans. Uh, it really makes a difference if you're kind and you reach out and you, you know, you have good manners because it doesn't always exist, especially in the hustle and bustle that's Southern California. Um, but I think, you know, just be open, you know, if if you're willing to relocate away from Ohio, which, you know, I think is is awesome. There's a, there's a lot of places out there that need video help that, that need photographers that need people to, to run websites or design logos for them and, you can make your way in, in a lot of different places and and find yourself uh, a place where you can make an impact. I think in Sacramento here, uh, it's a it's a little bit underrated of a city because, you know, when people think of California, they think of L.A. and San Diego and San Francisco. But, you know, Sacramento is is just as big of a market. If if not, it's very close to the size of Cincinnati um, and it's got a lot of media here. And, you know, I think maybe we may have like two actual professional video studios here. So while maybe it's not for the people that are wanting to shoot and edit, you know, feature films or something like that, or write a documentary, but if you want to make some money by coming out here and filming weddings, or if you want to do um, commercial shoots and stuff like that, there's opportunity that exists in some of these cities that don't have enough uh, demand for it yet or, or not demand they don't have enough people to fulfill that demand so a lot of times people just go to the bay area and say hey can you do this and that sucks but now they're all coming to sacramento so there's there are opportunities that exist across the state and across the country um you just got to go searching for them and as a, as a college student you have this opportunity that you are not viewed as competition quite yet people so you should always email use your network use that college i'm a student i want to pick your brain and you never know you you never know what celebrity or host or person will give you 20 minutes to an hour of their time to answer questions that you may have and you never know what comes of those contacts as well down the road so you know ask ask questions ask if i can interview people ask if i can talk to you you know Use that to your advantage while you have it because as soon as you graduate and you get that piece of paper, you're competition and now no one wants to talk to you. So
0: Yeah. Especially, you know, in this day and age, LinkedIn, Facebook, uh, all social media, you're just out there and it's just now a permanent presence that it can help or hinder you, it's just as long as, you know, you're pretty media literate and know yeah. how to market yourself that way. Yeah definitely well um i guess we sort of got through everything that uh, they had sort of uh, criteria of uh, information that they need for the video um okay. would, uh, could i ask you would you mind if we use uh your name and potentially your face for uh promotional material yeah for, no, uh, t-
1: no problem that's fine um Let me know if you guys need, if you need anything else for me, if you need some photos or if you want me to try and dig up video of Dr. O uh, as a fishing or anything like that, if you decide that you need it, let me know. Um, I can try and find it. And, uh, and then I was going to ask you, what are, what is, uh, what's, what are you into? What's, what's your goal? What are you looking to try and and get into? And what year are you, by the way?
0: I am a junior. Uh, It's my third year. Right now I'm interning at, in, uh, Covington at this place called PPS Group. Uh just for there. Really? Yeah. yeah, I know a lot of uh e media students have sort of gone through there in the internship yeah. process. Yeah. I'm uh, working in their archiving division right now. My wife
1: still talks so highly of PPS. They she loved working at the PPS. I think she would love to be working for the PPS group now. If we still lived in Ohio, that's probably what she'd be trying to do.
0: Oh, it's awesome. I've loved it. It's it's they do everything in house. It's a bit I mean I started during COVID, so it's very reduced. Uh I like it over classes, so cool. That's been a fun way to spend the semester. I am sort of studying to be a producer. I the field I'm sort of gravitating towards is animation. That's uh sort of my discipline. Yeah. So yeah, I'm just and you know, using bearcast and e media in general, like you said. It does sort of give you that spread of everything. So yeah, if you wanted to go to a like a producer position where it is sort of you have a hand in everything, that's sort of why E Media was my choice. It, you, they make you do post production, uh, editing, uh, lighting, camera work, all that. They
1: oh, do for a really sure. good job. For sure. Yeah. What um are you uh are you big then in using After Effects for animation, or are you like doing like
0: art animation. So there's sure. this program called Toon Boom Harmony. It yeah. is it's uh they from what I read on the internet uh the industry standard for 2D animation and it's sort of what they use for Family Guy, South Park, Rick and Morty. And that would honestly be a uh where I'd try to work is maybe be a animation director on a show or something like that. That's uh sort well, of where so I've been working you ever reached
1: out to some of your favorite directors or anything like that or, or you know dan Harmon or any of those guys that
0: do those shows i mean i i haven't my plan right now is work at this production company and sort of come graduation hopefully have a portfolio and maybe make that leap to sort of uh, like you said just take a chance and reach out to a big name and say hey pick well, your brain start that, stuff now. start that stuff now
1: so that you can get you know because because by the time you graduate maybe maybe they you know you have a portfolio that could get you a job with dan Harmon and rick and morty and stuff right. like that or, or south park but reach out to them now and just say hey i have a, you know a couple questions that, you know do you have a couple minutes or can i email you the questions and that maybe you, you get your name in front of them and you know do it for all the people that you admire and start building your profile now, more your stuff. I mean, all the stuff you're doing in college I, for the longest time on my resume, I had that, I had my bear stuff. Like it was more relevant to me than like working at played against sports, you know, like yeah. it's way better. So start, start building that stuff now and don't feel like you're bothering people, you know, email them once or, you know, once in a while and see if they'll respond back to you. You don't know who's going to say, yeah, you know, Robert, I'll give you i I'll give you 20 minutes or 30 minutes of my time. And we can talk about, some questions and you never know what's going to come of it. So that's awesome though. I, I'm so jealous. You must be a good drawer then.
0: Eh, I mean, I try. I, I got into art more in the past few years. I'd love to start out working on just hand drawing uh, on a tablet or something, but eventually I'd like to oversee a staff of people doing that. Cause yeah, I'm I know. not, I don't know. I'm not that good, but uh, we'll see. But, uh, that's very yeah. cool. Well thank you. I appreciate it. Um uh, and yeah, like you said, that that is refreshing to know that there does seem to be this sort of barrier with college students getting into the workforce, especially in media, when production is such a hard thing, especially now to get into. That yeah, it does sort of sometimes feel like there's such a gap that you have to cross once you yeah. get that piece of paper at the at the end of graduation like you said. Yeah.
1: Hey, uh Robert uh from Bearcast,
0: he works at the PPS group right now. Oh, hi. The PPS group. Hi, how are you? Yep. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, I I have heard a lot of people from uh e media sort of gone through there and uh the being in Covington. So, yeah. If you have something that you could share me, I'd I'd love to see some of your animation. You I have a Instagram page that I post little quick gifs of um 2d animation i'm trying to put out there but what is it? yeah, yeah it,
1: the book of
0: bert. bert b-e-r-t i appreciate you taking the time out uh to do this it's um it's awesome to hear from people who've been through this uh program and sort of been through this crazy industry of media and come yeah. out to tell the tale so it's, yeah it's we all awesome. appreciate
1: it yeah no problem anything else uh, you all need just let me know